Happy Easter. It is Sunday night. He is risen. Certainly had an exciting, incredible time of worship this morning. Jesus came out of the tomb. You know, the women showed up and it was empty. They found, they met um, an angel. They met, they saw strips of white linen cloth just laying there, neatly folded. And we have been celebrating today a risen Savior. We're so glad you're joining us here with our Sunday evening Easter worship service. Um, go ahead and turn your Bible um, to the book of Mark. Now, many of you are saying, Pastor, aren't we going through the uh, Acts of the Apostles? Or shouldn't we be in Acts chapter 17? And the answer of that is, technically, yes. But because today is Easter, I wanted to take a break and I wanted to show you about Jesus' burial and obviously, Jesus' resurrection. So I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 15, verse 42. While you turn there, I want to remind folks, I hope you are joining us. Today is April 12th. We are reading through Proverbs. One proverb a day, our church family is. So if you're just tuning into this or you're new, you just jump right into. We're on Proverbs chapter 12. So I wanted to read a Proverbs, that is certainly great wisdom. Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and we certainly need wisdom right now. We're in a great need for God's wisdom during these uncertain times. But I want to read, I want to read you a, a Bible verse up here. Proverbs 12, 7, it says, The wicked are overthrown and perish, but the house of the righteous will stand. This Easter tonight... Tomb is empty. Is your house a house of the righteous? Do you know Jesus? Is he your savior? Have you accepted what he gave and did on the cross on Good Friday? Now he's alive. And that reminds us that we want to be a part of the house of the righteous because we will stand. And you know, one of the great things about that is Jesus, obviously, he's alive. He is standing in heaven. And we will stand confidently as believers in heaven with Jesus again. If you're saved. Okay, open up your Bibles. Book of Mark. Mark chapter 15. If you uh, participate with us on our Wednesday night Bible study, you will know we're going through the Gospel of Mark. But we have also fast-forwarded to Jesus' His death, and we're going to see his burial and also his resurrection to here with this. So we're going to uh, really, in many ways, wrap up the gospel of, of Mark. Mark chapter 15, verse 42. Now remember what had happened. Jesus, he died. And last we saw, he was on the cross. A man named Simon... The Cyrene was forced by the Romans for him to carry the cross. Also, we know that he was uh, crucified between two criminals. We know that the group of women were there witnessing it. We know the chief priests, the Pharisees were right there witnessing it as well. They just wanted to make sure he died. One of the centurions, when they saw him die, he cried out, Hey, surely he must be the Son of God. That centurion probably was saved, a Gentile. Also happened there, the temple torn from top to bottom. 
And we know that Jesus, he was dead. And now we're going to pick up with him dead on the cross. He passed away at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. So let's see what happens here. Jesus' body's on the cross. Verse 42. The Bible goes on to say, When it was already evening, because it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. The Sabbath in Bible times was Saturday. That is the, Jew, that is the biblical Sabbath. Now, the day of preparation, that meant if you had business you needed to take care of, you need to do it on Friday because you were to do no work on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the Lord's day. We are not to work on it. So what happened? It's evening. So it's, at this point, the sun's getting close to setting. It's now probably, it's obviously after 3 o'clock. And look what happens. We're introduced to a new character. and We're going to look at this character. Joseph of Arimathea a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who himself was looking forward to the kingdom of God, came and boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And we're, I'm going to really spend some time talking about this verse in a little bit. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. You know, Pilate was one of these guys going to check that centurion. It's interesting. That, who is the centurion? The centurion got saved. He is the one that confessed Jesus as Son of God. And what's interesting about that, this, is Pilate had to verify, make sure that Jesus is dead. He's somewhat surprised. He hung on the cross for three hours. And there's a reason Jesus died at three o'clock. It's not by accident. He died at three o'clock because he was the afternoon sacrifice. In the temple, there were two sacrifices. There was a 9 a.m. as well as there was a 3 p.m. At 9 a.m., Jesus was sentenced to the cross. He was sentenced to death. So when he's being sentenced, there's also Jews who are also there making their going to the temple that day, making their Passover sacrifice. He was nailed to a cross. At, um, at noon. Then from, from noon to three, he hung on the cross and he died. Typically what would happen is, you know, you could hang on a cross and stay alive for several hours. So what would occur is they would have to break their feet, the, the people's feet on hanging on a cross, and that would force them to quickly suffocate and die. But with Jesus, they didn't have to do that because Jesus chose to die at three o'clock in the afternoon. Because that was the point of the evening sacrifice. And we know why the folks were there making their offering. The temple curtain split from top to bottom. So folks know something just happened. Darkness had been all over the land. And there was an earthquake, the Bible says. So look what happens here. Verse 44. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. So we're finding that out. Verse 45. When he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. 
After he bought some linen cloth, so he went and purchased linen cloth, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Then he laid him in a tomb cut out of the rock. And we know in John's account it says that the tomb was nearby. So they laid him there in this, and they rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the Mary, mother of Jesus, were watching where he laid. Now I want you to know, here at this um, burial, Jew, Jew, uh, Jews buried folks a little bit different than we bury folks. What they would do is they would have these tombs, and you would lay a body in a tomb, and then you would wait basically, anoint it, that would be the preparation. You'd wrap it up, the embalming process. The, I mean, it's, you're paying your respects. And then you would basically let it stay there for a year. Because at that point it would decompose. And you would come back a year later in that tomb. And you'd come back to that tomb after a year and you'd have a box. And you would collect the bones of that body, of that person. Because all, all that's left at that point is the, the bones and whatever the burial cloth, and you gather it up and you put it in a box. And that's what it meant when the Bible would talk about, and like Joseph in the Old Testament, his bones were gathered and taken to Israel. And what would happen is ossuary box, families, their bones would be buried together. So you'd have a family grave, and there might be five or six, seven boxes or more even. And that would be where the final resting place of their bones would be in that box. It's a little unusual for us today. We would be creeped out digging up a grave after a year. But the um, Bible tells us we do return to the dust. But that's how they did it. So, obviously the women, they're planning on coming back. They're watching where Jesus is put in a tomb there. Because they know, I'm going to come back and anoint his body with spices. With perfumes. So, we're introduced here in this passage to this mystery disciple in verse 43. His name is Joseph of Arimathea. This is interesting. We're going to spend some time talking about him. Look here at verse 43. Joseph of Arimathea. Now, where is Arimathea? Arimathea is a, a, is a little town in Judea. That would be in northwest of Jerusalem. He's a prominent member of the Sanhedrin. So this man, the word prominent, meant he was wealthy. The fact that he was a member of the Sanhedrin meant he had to be wealthy. So what happened here is he was looking forward to the kingdom of God. That meant he was a believer of Jesus. He was a secret disciple. But he wasn't that much of a secret because we find out about him afterwards. But before Jesus is a, while Jesus is, you know, really hurting and getting crucified, you know, he, he does speak up, but we don't learn about that until after it's all over with that. But Arimathea is a little town in uh, Judea, and he's wealthy, and he's on the Sanhedrin. Now remember, who's the Sanhedrin? That's the Jewish ruling class of the temple. They're the ones that crucified Jesus. And this man, all of a sudden, he believes Jesus. He's a believer. He's a Jew. He realizes Jesus is the Messiah. 
And it says he boldly goes to Pilate. So it's pretty bold. He's, he's got the boldness. He has the wealth. He has the ability. He owns a tomb. He probably has a family tomb nearby. He does have a family tomb nearby. It's never been used. And he feels like he needs to do this. The Lord is leading this man in his life. And what happens? He goes to Pilate boldly. And he requests to take down Jesus' body. Now at this point, Pilate does not care about Jesus. He's just glad that's probably over with. He's kind of surprised Jesus is already dead. After all, Jesus is the king of Jews. He died. He wasn't much of a king. Pilate's probably thinking. And um, he goes and he gets granted that request. So we also know about this Joseph of Arimathea. I so, said, you know, how, how do you know he's a disciple? I have a little uh, thing up here on the screen about this mystery disciple because I want to share it with you about him. The mystery disciple is interesting, Joseph, because he was in that meeting that voted at midnight illegally to get rid of Jesus. But you wonder, did Joseph vote? Did he go along with the rest of the Sanhedrin? And the answer is no. He didn't. And we know that from Luke 23, 51. Luke 23, 51 says that Joseph of Arimathea had not agreed with their plan in action. Meaning, among all of this here, Joseph of Arimathea, he was the one guy in a meeting that while everyone else is voting with the crowd, while everyone else is voting with the rest of the folks, he is that one. We know at least he's the one who's voting. I'm not going to go along with them. I will choose to vote. I will choose to vote. No, I don't want to crucify him. What's interesting, we know in the book of John, there's another mystery disciple. And we don't know how he voted. But Nicodemus, he also was in this group. He was another wealthy man. And he also was the secret disciple of Jesus. So we likely know in the Sanhedrin, we do know, the Sanhedrin's vote was not unanimous. So this encourages us. If you're ever in a meeting and you just feel, I just don't want to vote with the crowd. I don't want to be like everyone else. I just don't feel this is right. It's actually okay to vote how the Lord is leading you to vote. When you do that, you've pulled a Joseph of Arimathea because he didn't vote with the Sanhedrin. He was the one guy. Now, he wasn't really bold about it. He didn't really impact, make a difference. But what he did do is God used him later on to help bury Jesus in, the, in this brand new tomb. And I think what's an important principle for us, it reminds us that it's okay to be the one that doesn't vote. Or go along with everybody else. God calls us. Many times to be a Joseph of Arimathea. In our culture. We're called to be a Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph of Arimathea. Is the guy that didn't go along with the crowd. He stood up. For his convictions. We need people today with convictions. Are you a man of conviction? Are you a woman of conviction? Are you convinced that what you're doing 
It's led by the Lord, and it's the right thing to do. Do you know, he took this body, and he wrapped it in linen cloth, and he placed it in a tomb. Jesus received a burial, actually, of a very wealthy man. It was a brand new tomb. It had to be a nice tomb, because we know Joseph Arimathea, if he's on the Sanhedrin, he has to have money. He already had this for his family, and it was very nearby, the crucifixion site, very close to the city of Jerusalem. Right there, the Kidron Valley is a graveyard, so they didn't travel very far to bury their folks there in Israel, or in Jerusalem. And I think what's important about this, God raised up this mystery disciple, and it says he became bold. Easter's a time for boldness. This Easter, have you been bold? Have you invited folks to online worship? Family you've spoken to, have you reminded them that Jesus saves? He loves them? Tomb is empty? We see the boldness starting to appear here with Joseph of Arimathea. Now keep going here in your Bibles. Here's the resurrection. Chapter 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought, bought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning. So you say, how could they buy it if it was the Sabbath? They were able to purchase uh, spices again. Remember, at sunset, once the sun went down, you were able to go shopping again and go buy stuff. So probably on Saturday night at sunset, they went to the grocery store, wherever they would go, the market, buy their spices, and they're ready to anoint. They, they know in the morning they're going to anoint Jesus' body. They saw where he's buried. They saw the tomb. They went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? So they know when they get there, not only is there, not only is there a stone, they don't realize there, they might not know, but there's also now a guard. Remember, after Jesus was buried, the chief priest then, this is what was crazy, they came to Pilate and said, Pilate, we want to make sure, this man said he was going to rise again. So we need to make sure that he is, the tomb is sealed, and we need a roaming guard there. Because the chief priests, they were scared Jesus was going to rise again. But they told Pilate his disciples would come and steal his body. And see, I think one of the reasons they felt so uh, passionate is because not only did, is, are they being inspired by the devil and God's allowing them to crucify Jesus, but they know even among their group with Joseph and Arimathea and Dick and Demas, it's not even unanimous that they should kill the man. And typically, the Sanhedrin wasn't in the killing business. But they did kill Jesus. So, but they had made sure there was a Roman guard, and it was sealed. So that meant they somehow put concrete around the tomb. Now, the women don't even know that. They just saw where Jesus was buried. They went home and cried. So we've got to go after Sabbath is over. We want to know his body. So they just figure, hey, it's going to be hard, but maybe we can push away the stone. Looking up, verse 4, 
they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen, and that is our Easter message. This morning, did you wake up and said, He is risen. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. He is not here. See the place where they put him. This is where he used to lay. These are his linens. This is what Joseph of Arimathea, where he buried this man in this tomb, and now he's gone. So they're shocked. They're in Jesus' tomb. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He's going ahead of you to Galilee. Galilee's 80 miles north. You will see him there, just as he told you. And I think what's meaningful about this passage, Jesus came out of the tomb, and he's going back to Galilee, and he's going to start appearing, and he's going to spend 40 days on earth showing folks that he is alive. He went to Jerusalem. He was crucified. He was dead. He was resurrected, but now he is alive. And he's walking around with, in his hand, he has holes. In his feet, there's piercings. Look at verse 8. They went out and ran from the tomb, because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. So these women were obviously frightened because they had seen and witnessed this young angel inside Jesus' tomb. And they're probably thinking, I know he's dead. I saw him buried right here. Where did he go? They have no clue, but they're astonished. But they have an 80-mile journey that they're going to go to Galilee. And most of them are from Galilee. They had come down there to Jerusalem for Passover. Remember, most of these folks didn't live in Jerusalem. They were there for the Passover festival. But now it's time to go home. And we're going to go and we're going to witness Jesus. Jesus went to Passover and he died. And he's going to go to Galilee back with everyone else. Now I want to tell you what we see from this. This resurrection. This one event is what makes Christianity different. This is what sets us apart as believers. Other religions have people like Muhammad, Confucius, Buddha. They're in a grave. You can go tour their tomb, but not Christianity. You can go and look at the place of where they think Jesus was buried. But we as believers... We know that the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. That's what we celebrate today for Easter. And I think what we see here is what happened with Jesus is what set this movement apart. Christianity, it's different because he's alive. 
other folks, the movement comes after his death or before he dies. Jesus, the movement started after his death. It's the exact opposite of how other religions are founded. Why is the gospel good news? Have you ever wondered that? Why is the gospel good news? Because bad news is so bad. In our sin, we experience the wrath of God. We are separated from God. God's wrath is against humanity. We die in our sins. The good news is Jesus' death, his burial, he went in the ground just like us. Then obviously, Easter morning, his resurrection. He removed the wrath. All right, I have up here the two implications. So here we are wrapping up Easter. It's Easter night. Jesus is alive. You've tuned in. You're hearing an Easter message. Jesus is headed up to Galilee. He's alive on the third day. So this is what, these are the implications for us as believers. Or if you need to become a believer. Number one, those who have not yet trusted Christ must hear and receive the gospel. Jesus Christ wants you saved. Have you heard and received the gospel? Has the gospel, he's going around sharing the good news with folks so that they respond to him. That's what it means to hear the good news, to respond to the good news, to say yes to Jesus. He's, he's going out, he's offering, says, I'm alive. He told Thomas, look at my hands, look at my feet. Stop doubting and believe. And he tells us that today. Today, Easter, stop doubting. There's a lot of doubters during Easter. But Jesus Christ is speaking to you. And we need to receive the gospel. How do we receive the gospel? You turn in faith and repentance and believe. You turn from your sins, repentance, and you place your faith in Jesus Christ. We're called to respond. That's the first implication. Here's the second one. Second one's for many of us if you're saved. Look at this. Those who've received the gospel must share it with others. Do you know for Easter, for a lot of people, they woke up this morning, the Easter bunny came, they received some Cadsbury eggs, they had an Easter egg hunt, there was some money and some prizes in those eggs and some candy. Maybe you couldn't go to a community or church Easter egg hunt. So you did a home Easter egg hunt. And you had a, a, a meal, had a dinner with your family. And you're just going through, going through just these motions. How would you, I say a dinner with your family, the best dinner possible considering the conditions. And maybe had a virtual dinner. But in all of this, there's nothing about what, what Easter's really about. It's not about Easter bunny or Easter eggs. Easter's about those need to receive, the, receive Jesus, the empty tomb is empty, and those who need to share it with other people. 
God needs to place someone on your heart that you need to be broken for, that's lost, that's worried, that's concerned during this coronavirus season. This is a real unique season. You know, this, this season, speaking of that, you know, this Easter, this, this coronavirus shutdown, probably there's some folks, they are more receptive to the gospel, of hearing about Jesus than ever. There's a lot of people worried. They do not know who to tur- turn to. They don't know what to turn to because money has let them down. Health has let them down. They're isolated. They're friends. They can't be around family. And they don't need to turn to Hollywood and be in busybody. They need to turn to Jesus. Prime opportunity. Wonderful gospel ministry. Who do you need to reach out to? Who do you need to remind that the tomb is empty? Jesus Christ came so we can share it with others. Jesus came out of that grave and started... He didn't hide. He said, this little light of mine, let it shine. He started going out telling it with other folks. Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. He was buried for you in that grave. Those women showed up at that grave. The grave's empty. He's alive. And now the message goes out today. Jesus Christ is in heaven. He walked around for 40 years. And the Bible says he appeared to 500 people. Then he ascended there on the Mount of Olives, outside Jerusalem, not far from where he died. Went into heaven. And I think the principle for us is we need to remember that Easter is a new beginning. It needs to be a new beginning for you. All right, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And this prayer here is for you to get saved. Maybe this morning you, you missed church, but here you are catching it on Sunday night. And you need to begin a new beginning. What better time here on April 12th during the coronavirus, COVID-19 beginning of you trusting your life and giving your life to Jesus. So wherever you're at, I want you to stop. And it's time to receive Jesus. And here, you've got the time to receive Jesus. And then I want you to respond to Jesus. You respond to Jesus by praying along with me. And I want you to follow by sending this face church Facebook page. I'll monitor it. You just message me. Say, I received Jesus. I'll be getting in touch with you about your next steps of following Christ. You can follow Christ even at your home. So let's pray now and thank the Lord for Easter. I'm going to bow my knee. Wherever you bow as well. You can get on your knees. God, thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you, Lord, that you died for us. Lord, this Easter, I'm yours. Ask for forgiveness of my sins. I repent and turn to you. Jesus, I want a new beginning. I believe the tomb is empty. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Thank you. For saving me. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer. I want to hear from you. There is no reason you should not. Respond to the good news. If you missed it hit rewind. And go back and do it, listen to it again. If you don't know where to start in your Bible. 
Start with John 3.16. There's some scripture you need to read. It tells you the purpose of why you need to be saved. God loves you. Tomb is empty for that very reason. I hope you and your family have had a wonderful Easter. I thank you for supporting Broadway Baptist Church. I hope you're able to continue giving. I hope you're able to continue watching these online services, inviting your friends, sharing them. Make this unique season a time of spiritual growth. Make this one of your best, if not the best Easter you've ever had. Thank you. He is risen.